It's Saturday, February 10th, 2024, and this is episode 42 of The Mike Newman Show, where, yeah, wow, you guessed it, once again, Dr. Tim and I are meeting up at our favorite North Austin eatery for a little bit of, uh, today it was eggs, bacon, and I love the toasted English muffins, so had a little breakfast, and we're about to sit down and talk about a topic that Tim had come up with. I'll wait for him to spring it. And we'll talk about that a little bit. We'll probably, I'll slip a tune in here a little bit later in post. I've been thinking about playing a, a song that just is enjoyable to me. And uh, kind of introduce you all to uh, this value for value music world uh, without spending too much time on it. Go check out my other uh, activity, which is called the It's a Mood Value for Value Music podcast. Uh, you'll see some links to that in the show notes as well. Having a lot of fun with that. Uh, but so for this for this uh, podcast, we'll get into a little talk with Dr. Tim about uh, the topic that's on his mind, and I'll catch you at the end. So I don't forget. Yeah. Wait, I walk in, and you're ready. You're like square on the mic, yeah. headset, bring it. Okay. And then I look at that little baby over there, and she's doing the same thing with the TV. Yeah. <laughs> like what are we gonna do <laughs> yes yeah, so that's the way that's the way it works sometimes yeah yeah we're yeah. it's the same it's the same button same it's, circuit it's, well I, I i i don't know if if you've come to the realization but but certainly i i have that that this uh this thing back here behind my eyes yeah if you will it's it's the same. I don't know. I'm not sure at what age I, I fixed it at, but but it, it's somewhere in the range of of like 18 to 24. Mm-hmm. Somewhere in there. That's that's where I am, and I've I've never changed. And it, uh, I find it really aggravating that uh, that uh, the rest of uh, the rest of me surrounding the that thing the back behind the eyes is as kind of degenerated to the point and. God, am I ever disappointed when I look into a mirror? You know, that's uh, that's pretty sad. Yeah, I've been trying to fix a number on what that is in my head as well, but that range is spot on for me yeah. because it goes like eighteen. I've I've had a li- driver's license for a little bit. I, I I know what freedom feels like. I don't know what to do with it. Well, at, 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 for me, it's at, at, I realize that at eighteen, I am totally stupid about the ways of the world. Yeah. And exactly. When yeah. I'm somewhere in that range of 22 to 24, it's that I know that I'm incredibly stupid about the ways of the world, and and I'm not sure that I ever got better. You know, so. So that's a new sound in the diner, by the way. That's driving me yeah, nuts right what, now. What is it? Is it? It's a blender, I think. No, it's in our sound system. No, take your headset off. Oh, see, it's gone. It's gone. It's gone. It's a. They've got a blend. There it is. Oh, there it is. Hear it? Yeah. Oh, they're. Uh, it's. Uh, they're. They're making uh, uh, pancake batter. Does that help? Did they have a run on pancakes today? Because they. No. I've never heard that sound in here in forty-one and a half episodes. It generally occurs at uh, between eight thirty and eight forty-five, just okay, before just you arrive. Just before I arrive. Yeah. All right. And it and it's it, it, I guess at that time it it's a bit louder, it's a bit more obvious. This is this is actually a little bit more subtle. So maybe well, the, these mics are fantastic. And, well, and maybe and maybe, when we're talking, sorry. May, maybe it's that it's it, that they're they're just making a little bit extra now. They yeah. they didn't make quite enough when they were doing it. There was the full table assembly in the back room there. Yeah, could have been a run on pancakes. Could have been right. a run on pancakes. Well, you know. <clears throat> That's not a bunny trail at all, was it, Tim? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we were trying to talk about brains, and then, uh, and then we, you had a completely separate topic. So yeah, let's go. Let, let's get let's so, get this train back on the track. Well, it it occurred to me last evening that uh, that uh, and I and I can't believe that we've gone through forty episodes, and but I don't think that we've talked about swimming. No, as, as a as a as a topic, and and. Uh, as we go through it a little bit, I, I, you'll pro- it'll probably become obvious to me, uh, to you, that uh, it's incredible that we haven't talked about swimming before. Uh, but nonetheless, it 
it's at least something that I have found interesting over the years. And, and let's do uh, it. And uh, let's do un- it. unlike a lot of people, uh, well, I, I, I guess there are some people that think deeply about everything. I've, I've actually thought deeply about swimming. Okay, uh, when we moved to Austin in uh, 1982, uh, we bought a home. Uh, out on the far west side of, of Austin uh, in a, a little subdivision called the Courtyard. Mm-hmm. And directly across the street from our house was the Courtyard Tennis and Swim Club. Okay. So a lot of, a lot of tennis courts. And I, 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 in those days, I played a lot of tennis. And, and in those days, I was actually a pretty good tennis player. So folks that may or may not be familiar with that part of Austin, that there's actually a pretty strong cliff through there. The the lake or river, depending on how you want to call it, goes right below. And today, the Pennypacker Bridge crosses that on uh, Highway 360, capital of Texas Highway. Of course, the bridge didn't exist at that point. Well, it, no, it, 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 uh, it did not. An interesting story about the bridge, I don't, don't know, but most people realize that it, it was, I'm not sure if it was fully constructed, but it was actually constructed twice. Ooh. Uh, it, it turns out that, that a, a selling point for that bridge was that the bridge would not touch the water. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, so this was the, uh, Austin being a, an environmental mecca. Right. Uh, the idea was that it would just be terrible if the bridge had touched, piers or whatever, yeah, pillars t- go t- down t- into the water. Yeah, that if that touched the pristine waters of Lake Austin. Mm-hmm. And so... The idea was that the bridge—it's a—it's a span bridge, arch span bridge that uh, uh, is supported at each end, mm-hmm. and so the the ends were were, were, were to to uh, uh, abut the uh, the rock, uh, mm-hmm. uh, and and the the bridge then would never touch. No part of the bridge would touch the water. Mm-hmm. Turns out the first time they put it in place, it was—I'm going to say. It was six inches short. I, you know, and it may have been it may have been six feet. I don't know, yeah, but it, it was six of something right. that was minuscule compared to the size of this massive bridge. Right, but it was short, and this was a bridge in in which literally the all of the steelwork came from South Korea. Now, this is a story I remember. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm sure that over the forty or fifty years, I've embellished it in my mind, but nonetheless, this is the story as I remember it. Um, the steel steel came from South Korea. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody measured the distances just a little bit wrong, and so it showed up. And basically, it it kind of had to go back to the shop. <laughs> I, I have this image that that all of the steel for this bridge was shipped back to South Korea. Probably not all of it, yeah. but, uh, but or, yeah. or, or or at least some part. Of but the uh, the story that I heard was that they that they uh, they re uh, manufactured the steel for the bridge or at least some part of the bridge and they put it together in a parking lot at the steel plant in South Korea so that they could and then, <laughs> measure it and then people measured it there before it went on the months long journey on the boat. Yep. And so when it when it got back to Austin, yeah. uh, it it fit finally. Well, so it's an, it, the reason I bring it up is it's an iconic piece of our Austin, mm-hmm. and it's a it's a fantastic place. The kids and I and and my wife enjoy going up to that overlook. One yep. of the one of the more official, unofficial hiking, climbing places around Austin, and it's just beautiful up there. So if you if you think of if you think of the bridge, the bridge runs north south across yep. the lake, and if you think of a quadrant on that, then on the northeast quadrant of the bridge was the courtyard subdivision. Yep, very beautiful little little subdivision. Uh, I don't know what maybe hundred home sites still there today, somewhere. just nestled up in the rocks. Right. Yep. When we moved there, uh, it was about. I'm going to say about 30% built out. Mm-hmm. So there were there were homes on perhaps 30% of the lots, a lot of vacant lots and the like. But uh, uh, one of the one of the earliest uh, 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 landmark not landmarks but uh, 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 anchors of I guess we'd mm-hmm. say of, of mm-hmm. the subdivision was the courtyard uh, tennis and swim club. Gotcha. Uh, a lot of good tennis courts, lighted tennis courts. 
I think, three covered tennis courts. And mm-hmm. as I say, I played a lot of tennis. But there was also a very nice swimming pool. Okay. And so my daughter, uh, when we moved up, my daughter was uh, literally when we moved in there, uh, was just uh, over three years old. Uh, so we, we moved in in, uh, I want to say, April, March, March probably, I guess it was, we, we moved in. Okay. So uh, she immediately, as a, as a three-year-old, uh, uh, as the water, as the, 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 the weather warmed a little bit, mm-hmm. by, the, by the time Labor Day came around, I guess, it was certainly warm enough that uh, my wife uh, and daughter would spend a lot of time across the street at the swimming pool. Yeah, uh, my, they, they play in the water, and and uh, uh, there was a little lunch, lunch bar, lunch uh, lunch room, so uh, cool. they could have lunch and the like. And mm-hmm. so uh, this was this was a fairly isolated location. Yeah, not not a lot of other families around. Certainly not a lot of other children around. And so going to the the the, the club was a, a good place to have mm-hmm. other people to talk to. And so my daughter got into swimming or mm-hmm. thought it would be she wanted to be sure. in a pool and splash I, around that's what you do in a pool that's right and we wanted her to be waterproofed she needed to learn yep. how to swim turns out that that they had the the club had a, a swim team a summer league swim okay team. yeah and so they, older kids elementary school on up or, well, all, all the way through yeah, uh, yeah. starting the sure. literally starting uh, uh splashers splashers to, uh, up through high school high school yeah okay uh and 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 so the coach of the swim team was a old gentleman named hank chapman and hank was something of an iconic figure in austin austin in those days had uh, uh over the course, well, over the course of, of about ten years in that period, I was privileged to know probably three or four of, of the best swim coaches in the world. Mm-hmm. Not not just in Austin, right. but certainly uh, uh, two of them um, uh, or, or three of them are actually world famous swim coaches. And that reputation's carried through. All the way to today with yeah, the, the well, UT what, what, swim team. One of them is still there. Eddie yeah. Reese is, is mm-hmm. still the coach and uh, that, that was there at that time. Mm-hmm. Won umpteen yep. national championships, has been the Olympic coach for many years and like. Yeah. So Hank Chapman was of that status locally, at least, or sure. within age group swimming. Yep. He was an iconic figure. He must have been in his 60s at that time. And he was an interesting personality in that, that when he taught swimming, and he, he loved to teach absolute beginners. Mm-hmm. So my daughter was a little bit young, but she was mm-hmm. less than three and a half when she showed up to take swim lessons and, uh, from Hank. So he had blank slates in front of him. Absolutely. Now, Hank had the interesting characteristic that he literally would scream at the kids. I'm not just talking loud. He would scream at them. <laughs> Above and, water and below water? Well, just, that, that was, yeah. it turns out, that was the reason that yeah. he would scream at them is because they could hear him underwater. Yeah, you can't hear squat underwater uh, and, and in general. They yeah. could they could hear him. They could hear him. And, <laughs> and they could take, but what was amusing about it is that... that, that uh, most of the of the the young kids had relatively young mothers, right? These mm-hmm. these these were not these were not right. ancient mature ladies. These were relatively young. Yeah, they were not Pleased almost to a that. person. Well, they were certainly not used to the idea <laughs> okay. of somebody screaming at their kids. Yeah, and most of the kids weren't used to being screamed at. What was always funny to me is that it took them literally into the second lesson and they were over that yeah being being concerned about it because they were maybe just to guess they were reacting to the energy the the just the pure volume uh, but then I, and then they came I think to it was more than that I thought control I, or, or no. no absolute affection that that they, they oh afterwards th- so that was the change they they yeah, once they realized what hours. was going on, it yeah, took yeah. them about two hours to do that. Yeah. That 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 ah, this guy is really screaming at me because he's really interested in me. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. And, and they picked up on it. I mean, three years old, four years old, five. Yep. My daughter was young at at at, at just over three, but uh, and probably was the youngest of of the of the kids in the lessons that year. 
So Hank was was interesting, and mm-hmm. not only and he had been teaching these beginning swimmers for for God 30, 40, 50, 40 years at least. Yep. Uh, he knew how to do it. He mm-hmm. he just knew how to to connect with the kids, and he would connect with all of them, and he certainly connected with my daughter. So you kind of started this with proximity. It was close by. It was well known, well well regarded, and here's this great coach. Yep. So this just you're setting a trajectory here. So get, so yeah. yeah, absolutely. So so the summer that uh, uh, she she her birthday is in February. So mm-hmm. the, the, over the summer that. Uh, that she was uh, three to three and a half, and three and a half is important to uh, the oh, yeah. half is important to kids at that age. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> she uh, learned how to swim and was quite good at it uh, while she was doing it. Now, the, 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 a little a little side bunny trail is that that uh, around Thanksgiving of that year, uh, so the the, 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 the swim uh, the, the swim pool was not heated. Mm-hmm. Uh, or at least was not heated through the winter. And so we really didn't swim after, oh, October, maybe late October. Right. First uh, of November, pretty much uh, the swimming came to came to a halt. Uh, but around Thanksgiving of that year, I, I had to make uh, my very first visit to Tokyo. Hmm. And so I, I, uh, I was going to fly out to Tokyo uh, literally the weekend before Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Uh, spend uh, the week in Tokyo with uh, some meetings, and spend uh, Thanksgiving in in Tokyo. Sure. Thanksgiving in Tokyo is yeah. a, another story we'll, yeah, we'll cover. Well, but yep. spent the, the, the there. But but as a as a uh, uh, with a with a young child at that age, mm-hmm. it was actually very nice to travel. I would actually travel. My wife and I would travel together because she wasn't working at the time. She was uh, so the three of you were hopping on this plane. To well, go, no, no, I uh, went to Tokyo. Yeah, <clears throat> I stayed in Tokyo up until Saturday. Okay, on the Saturday, the, the Saturday after Thanksgiving, uh-huh. I flew from Tokyo to Honolulu, and they flew flew from Austin to Honolulu. Uh, okay, that yeah, <clears throat> and we met up, and we we uh, uh, that that was an, it, it's an interesting trip when you go to Tokyo. You cross the international date line. Mm-hmm. Pretty much in the course of crossing the international date line, I, I left on a Monday night. I pretty much missed Tuesday. Yep. Right. And so, at least next time I was conscious, it was Wednesday morning. Right. Being in Tokyo on Saturday, I got up Saturday morning, spent the day shopping and the like, and then got on an airplane about uh, oh, 9 o'clock or 10 o'clock in the evening and flew to Honolulu and arrived at Saturday morning. Yeah. And it was it was a great week. I, I've always characterized that week as the week I traded... Tuesday for two Saturdays. That's yeah, a good that, trade. That, 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 yeah. And, and because you were only going to Hawaii, you got the full day back. Yep. Sometimes I get 10 minutes back. Yep. Right? No, this one was <laughs> you take the off full at day. 9 in the morning in, say, Singapore, and you land at 8.50 in the morning, same yep. day, in San Francisco. Yeah. So cool. we had a, uh, we, we, we uh, uh, had booked, uh, had, a, had a kind of a personal travel agent at the time because yeah. I did a lot of travel. You're busy, yeah. And uh, he had suggested that, well, you know, everybody, their first trip to Honolulu, they stay on Waikiki Beach. Okay. And he said, really nice area is out to the east of Diamond Head. Mm-hmm. So pretty much on the on the other side of, of downtown Honolulu. Uh, and at that time, was a, uh, there was a Hilton Hotel. The, it's, it's subsequently, it's still there, but it's a different name now. But it was the, mm-hmm. the Kahala Hilton. It was in the Kahala area. Okay. A uh, very beautiful residential area. Very nice hotel. Uh, we arrived on Saturday, uh, the, the previous Tuesday, literally while I was in the air to Tokyo and staying in Tokyo, a hurricane for the first time in a long time went through Hawaii. Oh, neat. And so there was a hurricane and it had pretty much uh, gone directly over uh, Oahu and had really killed um, uh, 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 one of one of the one of the islands to the northeast, and I forget the name, but the, the the Garden Island to the to the northwest, I should say, of, of Honolulu. Okay. Uh, interesting side story there. It basically the hurricane forced all of the electrical generation on the island to shut down. Huh. Turns out electrical generators have to have an electrical generator to start. Yeah. Okay. And so you're in an island in the middle of Pacific and 
you got all the generation capacity on the island is shut down. How do you jumpstart it? Well, the interesting story was that there was a nuclear submarine in the area. Ah, okay. They pulled the nuclear submarine into the port, and they were trying to run a power cable off the nuclear submarine to use its nuclear generators, uh, nuclear power generators, to jumpstart the first generator on the on the island. How long a cord do you need there, for that? Well, it it, 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 it was it was a ways. It, it, it turned out anyway, it, it yeah. didn't work, and I, and I oh. always found it fascinating that that the that the 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 signal or the output of the right. nuclear generator uh, was enough different. They they used you know mm-hmm. not not three standard three phase hundred and ten, but yeah. it was it was enough different that that uh, as they were trying to to what I always characterize as jumpstart the island. Yeah. Uh, they found out that it wouldn't work, and it was actually easier to to airlift in a, a in 500 kV uh, generator and, and start it up. So they got to start it. Good try, guys. Nonetheless, when we yep. showed up, uh, lights uh, were on. Lights. Well, there were rolling blackouts in Honolulu still okay. because they hadn't got quite all the got generators all patched on. together. Yeah. So there, there was, so so there was the interesting characteristic of setting. Well, first of all, when we checked into the hotel, it was a it was a high a high rise hotel, but there was an area which was the very exclusive area, which was ground level. Right. And because of the hurricane and the rolling blackouts, they were trying as, they, as best they could not to put any pe- people on the high floors of, mm-hmm. the, of that because with the elevators, the elevators like that, yeah. just didn't work, right? Well, yep. we, we got, they, they quote unquote upgraded me to a very nice suite on the ground level. Okay. Um, walk out the door and you were. Your beach. Yeah, the, sand well, right there. The beach on one side, the the pool on the other. Okay. Yep. All this said, I picked up my. Uh, I got in early on Saturday morning. My wife and daughter got in on Saturday afternoon. Uh-huh. I picked them up at the airport. We drove to the hotel, got into our rooms, and my daughter. Daddy been, pool. It had been yes. It had been a couple of three months or a couple of months that she had been in the pool. Pool. She knew how to swim. By God, it was time to go. Yeah. She ran ahead of us. I was going to say. Ran to the pool. She leapt out into the pool, hit the water, and apparently had forgotten how to swim. Ah. So she sank to the bottom of the pool and was sitting there, very, very perplexed. As it turns she went out. Buddha at the bottom of the pool. Put Buddha at the bottom of the pool. <laughs> I walked up and I looked in and I saw her sitting in the bottom of the pool and I thought, well, crap. So I, I had not changed into my swim trucks yet, so I, I waded You're into waded the water. You waded in there, yeah. Yeah, picked her up and, and, uh, and it, it literally took about, oh, three minutes of suggesting to her that, remember, you have to move your arms, you have to kick your legs and like and she was back into it, but but in that one instance, she her just mind went blank, you know. My son did something very similar. And I, I wasn't there for it. Uh, my wife told me at the time. He just, and, and he'd been, he was little, like maybe this, just just short of three years old, I think, or something like that. And so she had been familiarizing him with the water. You know, it's, it, it's on your face. It's going to be okay. You can close your eyes. You can open your eyes. You know, da, 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 da. Well, the dude just started walking. There were a bunch of moms. He started walking down the pool, in the steps, into the pool. And he just kept going. And he just stood in the pool. <laughs> and, and I, you know, my wife was like, it freaked everybody out. But he just stood there. <laughs> so, yeah, snatched him up. What are you doing, bud? <laughs> pool. Pool, mommy. Yeah. It was strange. Anyway, so the, 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 this is all just prelude to, to getting into the whole the old concept of swimming. But right. my, my daughter learned to, to swim, loved it uh, that, that summer. Mm-hmm. So the next summer, we, she was now four and a half. Yep. <clears throat> and she had learned about the summer league swim team. And so Hank, her favorite Swim coach and the teacher in the whole world was mm-hmm. the was the head of the was coaching the, the the summer league team, and Sarah, my daughter, decided as how that she was going to be on the swim team. Mm-hmm. Well, so she was on the swim team, and Hank now started literally training her as a swimmer. That is, how do you do all of the strokes? Mm-hmm. And he was very adamant about 
forcing the kids at the youngest age that they did the strokes correctly or they didn't do them. Right. It turns out that I, I don't know what it was in, 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 in my daughter that he recognized that she, as a four-year-old, was going to be able to do the butterfly stroke. Mm-hmm. Now, the butterfly stroke is a, is a hard stroke for, there, there are four major strokes in swimming, right? There's the freestyle, there's the breaststroke, there's the backstroke, and there's butterfly. Mm-hmm. And, and all swimming events are centered around those four different right. strokes. Uh, I'm sure everybody has their idea of which is the hardest, right, and the t- hardest to do and, and the most uh, most challenging. I would say it's butterfly. But, for, yeah, from my perspective, butterfly is, is the mm-hmm. most challenging one, uh, and it's it's all about legs and abdomen. Mm-hmm. And in, and the, the dolphin kick that you use um, in, in the butterfly really stresses the ab- abdomen and back muscles, and youngsters generally aren't very well developed to do that mm-hmm. so they'll they'll try at the stroke but it's a very they wobble floppy and yeah. wobble and the like yeah well it, it, it turns out that that my daughter hank recognized that she could actually do that and, and, and you have so, to be coordinated too well you, you and that literally really have to flow through that whole thing i could never do it i just say stationary flopping like a sick fish yep and then pat falkowski was the fish yep. i mean the dude was just a machine yeah, if you if you if you, if you watch the, the kid, there's there's a there's a there's a there's a muscular ripple that goes through the entire body that, mm-hmm. that the body the whole body undulates. Yep. Uh, in doing that stroke, uh, Sarah had the 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 uh, ability to to do that at, at, at as a four and a half year old, and so Hank put a mono fin on her feet. <laughs> Literally turned her into, turned her into a, a, mer- a, a mermaid. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And and so she would swim the butterfly that way. So with the, with 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 the addition of the fin, she was able to do it flawlessly. Yeah. And 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 very powerfully. Right. So that that ended up. She would train with that, and that that would would build up her abdominals mm-hmm. and, and like. And and Hank observed uh, uh, to me a number of times that that she was perhaps the the youngest or at least one of the youngest of his uh, students that had ever learned to do picked it up that stroke that well at, yeah, at, at that, that age. age yeah so she swam summer league uh, the the summer so she she swam in the the eight and under age group so she's she's four and a half year old yeah. and she's there. swimming against eight eight year olds. <laughs> Right, yeah. so, and, 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 and and competed very well. She yeah, yeah, she, yeah. she she won won a lot of races uh, that that summer. Yep. And so at the end of the and she had a great time uh, mm-hmm. summer league uh, swimming. And at the end of that summer, uh, she basically came in and allowed us how she was just going to be a year round swimmer. Now you had mm-hmm. summer league swimmers; they swim mm-hmm. a couple of three months over the summer, a couple of months. Yep. She was going to be a year round swimmer. Okay. So now Dad's got a question. Well, where are we going to do this? Exactly. Yeah. Well, as it turned out, Hank said, "Well, the University of Texas has an age group swimming program. It was called uh, Longhorn Aquatics. Mm. Practiced in the Texas Swim Center, mm-hmm. premier one of the premier swim yep. facilities in the in the world at that time. Hosted Olympic trials, um, mm-hmm. uh, national the nationals meet, junior nationals, and the like." And so uh, Sarah was ingrained or <laughs> incorporated she, into year-round swimming at the at the Texas Swim Center. So that became my uh, my um, introduction into the the, the more complex and uh, and uh, world of, of swimming. Swimming as a culture, as a culture, and that's a very good way to put it. it there is a swimming culture. And so I started, uh, I would uh, take her, uh, uh, at, at that particular period, we had just completed uh, the major project in Austin, that I came to Austin to work mm-hmm. on as a satellite right. communication system. And I was working on a, a different project, uh, which required me to travel quite a lot less. And I was, I was, I was in Austin for, for about, uh, oh, what, 87 to 91, so about four years, mm-hmm. I, I traveled much less in that period and so i was home a lot and so i would take 
Sarah to swim practice. Right. And she had swim practice uh, starting out uh, uh, every afternoon, every evening. So so five days a week uh, they would uh, they would practice. Sometimes they'd practice Saturday mornings as well. So uh, six days a week. As a, as a five year old, she was she was putting in six days a week in the pool, generally at least an hour and a half. And this right. is typical for resource constrained sports where yes. you have this huge capital investment in a pool. <laughs> it's huge. It's mm-hmm. you just don't build another one. Same as you have with hockey rinks and you know, so figure skaters, hockey teams, it, 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 there's a certain level of you gotta go when you have your your right. slot. Yep. Yeah, the Texas, the Texas Swim Center in those days probably was was unoccupied about five hours of the day from about midnight to about five a.m. Yep. Uh, uh, the so, so Sarah was was down every every evening uh, mm-hmm. after school uh, practicing. Uh, she would come home, do her homework, rinse and, <laughs> rinse and repeat. Yep. yep, rinse and repeat, and and she was she was quite good at it. So mm-hmm. uh, uh, after about two years, so she's the the old lady of seven. She's years the old, old lady of the eight eight and under crew. Yeah, eight and under crew, right? right. Uh, uh, they 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 evolved into two days. So not only did they do an hour and a half or two hours after school, they did an hour and a half or two hours before school. Yeah. So I, here I am with this. Eight-year-old kid or seven-year-old kid, and, and your Volvo, up and my Volvo, and and, <laughs> and I'm up at, at at five and o'clock in the morning and and taking her to swim practice and waiting. Here's a peanut butter sandwich, kid. Yeah, yep. yeah, and I, I I carried the I carried the food. A really good day between where uh, the swim team practice was and her school, there was a McDonald's. Uh, so on a really uh, good day, we would we pew, would pew. go through the McDonald's, but. <laughs> She ate her breakfast yeah, between yeah. Yeah. The, the swimming pool and school, mm-hmm. and uh, it's all part of the culture. All part of the culture. Yeah. So, so I'm sitting here with this, with this this what should be second grader, I guess, by this time. Her name's Sarah, and but she's a fish. She is a fish, and and literally, uh, she she had a school life, but she had a completely separate life in the in the in the, the pool. And she was quite good at it, and, and I, I'm the scientist, being that I am. I, I tracked her times, and I graphed her times, and I graphed her progression. And according to my progression, at what little I knew of human physiology at the say, time, yeah. right? By the time she was 12 years old, she was going to be setting world records in the in the, the butterfly. Yeah, it turns out that the body doesn't work quite. It's that not way. a linear system, but yeah. but nonetheless, she was yep. she was mm-hmm. she was she was quite good at it. Uh, by the time she was uh, 10, I guess she, I guess it was the summer that uh, she was 10, so she would have been mm-hmm. 10 and a half. She she won won the state championship uh, in the butterfly that cool. year. She was yeah. she was a very good butterfly swimmer. And in the course of it, uh, as is usually the case, uh, uh, I was, was was taking her to all of these practices. Uh, I was always around the swim center. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eddie Reese and God, I, I'm embarrassed. I can't remember. Eddie Reese always coached the men's team at the University of Texas. There was another equally famous coach that coached the women's team. Okay. And the, both men's and women's were routinely winning the national championships mm-hmm. at that time. Yeah. So. Two premier swim coaches That's in the I was world. Saying. I mean, we, we weren't doing this. You weren't doing this in backwater, no. you know, junior college. This was. No, and sitting in the stands yeah. at one end of the pool. So the, the practice was, there was a, there was a um, gosh, it would be a 25 by 25 meter diving well, mm. 18 feet deep. Mm-hmm. So people could jump off of a 10 meter platform and uh, do diving practice. And then there's a 50 meter pool. It's 50 meters long, 25 yards wide. Mm. Okay, so so mm-hmm. it, it's big in distance in swimming. Uh, you you compete at at if you will three different distances uh, or four distances. Now three distances actually pool length 20, or swimming pool, itself pool, 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 pool length. length pool length right. Yeah. So the, a twenty five yard pool, all if you will, national purely national uh, meets and events are were, were uh, characterized in yards, yeah. measured yeah, yeah, in yeah. yards. Mm-hmm. And you conducted all of those meets at in a 25-yard pool, mm-hmm. right? So the 
international standard was 50 meters. Mm-hmm. So all... Uh, uh, Twice as long and a little bit more. A little bit more, right. And and so that you, you had then also you had long course and short course. So long course were events in a 50-meter pool internationally. Short course were 25-meter pool. Right? So you have 25-yard <laughs> You got three different size pools. Yeah, you have three different size pools. So in a 50-meter pool, if you put a, if you put a, uh, if you will, a pontoon down in the middle, you can create two 25-meter pools oh, yeah, yeah, on yeah. each side. Yeah. Uh, or you can create two 25-yard pools. You put down two pontoons, right, and, and, mm-hmm. and, and you have two 25-yard pools. So practice was generally set up such that uh, there, there might or might not be a pontoon, but kind of one end of the 50-meter of the pool Kids would swim across the pool, so it was twenty-five yards across They're perpendicular. The pool. Yep. To the other, yeah. Okay. So the the, the short the short way the mm-hmm. the width they they, yeah. they had twenty-five yards, and they they would practice uh, that in that direction. So at one end they would be the age group kids, at the other end would generally be the college kids. Mm-hmm. So by sitting in the the stands, uh, uh, you can oh, see it I all. Could, I could see it all. Yep. And uh, they could see it swim, all too. Swim coaches are yeah. loud. Yeah, <laughs> and so I, I got to listen to instruction all the way from the beginning age group coaches up through the, the under ten college, to to Olympic Olympic style coaches. Yep. and and I paid attention, and mm-hmm. I I learned quite frankly an awful lot about swimming, about the philosophy of swimming, about coaching of swimming, about. And and swimming uh, the, uh, in those days, I characterized it uh, that the closest, the closest endeavor to swimming was drag racing. Interesting. Drag racing, you sit around and you tinker with your car, and, mm. and I'm sure long distance racing is the same. But in drag racing, you tinker with your car, you get it tuned just right, and you go out and run that sucker for a quarter mile, right? And 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 then you stop and you repair the car. <laughs> You rebuild the car. You rebuild the car. <laughs> yeah. Swimming, you do the same thing. Okay. You you stress the body, mm-hmm. and you stress the body, and the body deteriorates. Perform. It has to perform, but as it performs, it's deteriorating it's because deteriorating. the load on this body is tremendous. Yes. And so, at some point, you stop the deterioration, and you do what's called a taper. You cut down the workout load tremendously Mm. the body over the course of about three weeks responds and or for about a three-week or four-week period you're in what's called a full taper and you get the best possible reaction or best possible performance out of a body and so there's a there's a there's a physiological characteristic or a physiological element to swimming that is that it, it is the the guiding force in swimming. Okay. You 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 stress the body. You tune it. You have specific types of 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 drills that you do to stress certain muscles and certain muscle groups, and and you're 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 working psychologically at the same time. Uh, uh, kids at this age, or all the way up through college swimmers, right? A, a, a male college swimmer wears a swimsuit that's about six inches, of, uh, six ounces of material. Mm-hmm. Women swimmers the same way. They're mm-hmm. they're, they're wearing they're wearing skin tight swimsuits, probably about six ounces worth. Well, psychologically, to to really up the game when they're practicing, they'll wear multiple suits. So generally, they'll practice wearing three suits. All right. So layered, basically, it's, layer, it's, it's kind of like it's like putting weights on your ankles, kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. Now, how? Yeah, going from six ounces to eighteen ounces. I've never, I was never convinced how <laughs> how much that was doing. But the bunchiness might, you know, never. Mind. I don't yeah. know, but 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 they did it. Yeah. At, yeah. The, the coaches had them do it. The, the, yep. the kids did it, and 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 so uh, they, they they trained that way. So I, I learned a lot about about physiology. I mm-hmm. learned a lot about development of the human body of young kids. Uh, I learned very early on that below, well, just below the, the age of puberty, let's put mm-hmm. it that way, mm-hmm. uh, women are, if you will, as a group, 
stronger than men. Right. Yeah. And it was always, I always found it interesting and it happened every year with every age group class up through about mm-hmm. 11 years old or about the, the, the time that some of the kids started the onset of puberty. Every year it was the same way. They would, they would, they would, they would there would be a little bit, a bit of a break in August. Yeah. So, you know, we've talked about August as the, the carriage yeah. return line feed of the year. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah. Same, it really held true with swimming. You, you'd come back uh, at, at the end of the August break and it was, you would start over again. And so with the younger kids, the, 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 one of the things I always liked about swimming is that, that the boys and the girls in practice swam together, mm-hmm. particularly mm-hmm. at the, at the young at the age. age. Yeah. yeah. They, 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 they swam together and, the resource we talked about resource limited, so the yeah. pool space was limited. So you would have a an eight foot wide lane across mm-hmm. the width of the pool, and you would generally swim anywhere from eight to ten kids simultaneously in that in that lane. 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 Wow! And so when you did when you did distance work, if you were swimming five hundred yards, right, a five hundred yard workout, you the kids would start out sequentially one would start okay. or would get get a, a few yards away and then the second would start so they were swimming in a line mm-hmm. and you swam down the right hand side of the lane going one direction you did a flip turn and you came down the right hand side back right so they were doing what's called circle swimming oh the, the, so they did a loop within did a loop those eight feet within those so eight feet yes. you do a, you do a flip turn but you change to the change other side, the other side. and so you're, you got a racetrack inside of that right okay so this this works out very well uh, if if everybody swims at the same pace, sure, right, yeah, yeah. Uh, but as it turned out, with with the youngsters uh, and with boys and girls, you get a variety. You're going to get different paces. Yeah, and, and it, but in and general, it changes as, all the time. As as a group, the girls swam faster than the boys. Yeah, none of the little boys were going to have that. Okay, so when it came time to start, the little boys would crowd to the head of the line. They were going to start out oh, first, yeah. right? Yeah. So you'd have eight kids, you'd have four boys, you'd have four girls. There'd mm-hmm. be four boys starting out, and then four girls would start out. And about the one time down and back, so so after maybe what, what would be fifty yard or uh, forty yards, let's put it that way, somewhere in there. Yep. The first girl would start to catch up with the last boy. Right. Now they had. Did they, have, no did they have the blue flag with the yellow line across no. it? No. You swim across the top of them. <laughs> the little girls would catch up to the blah, little boys blah, 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 and literally would swim over the top of them. That's Absolutely. hilarious. Just mow them down. And so by if you were doing a 500-yard workout, generally by the end of, of, <laughs> of, uh, of, of, of say, 250 yards, and it didn't always work out there, but yeah, I yeah, saw times yeah. that it did. Yeah. There would be four little girls that had swum over the top of four little boys, and now you ended the, the thing with, with four girls finishing before four boys. So did that repeat the next practice? Absolutely. Oh, so the guys were still like, ah, they're in the... It, generally, it, uh, generally, it would generally take about three weeks uh, it, it before the dawn... Reality the light would set in. Yes. Yeah. And as opposed to the ignominy, whatever, of, of being having been swum over by exactly. the little girl. Yeah. At that point, as they started out, the, the, the kids actually would sort. You know, it yeah. wasn't always all the girls were not always faster sure. than all the, the boys. The boys would self sort, the girls would self sort, but the boys were still like, ah, I'm a boy, I'm going to no, go first. No, after about three weeks. But, they, but they, before they, that. They, yeah, before, before that, that, yes. Yeah. Yeah. But, 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 after about three weeks or so, eventually they would so- sort as a group. Eventually, so they accepted reality. Yeah, you'd get girl, girl, boy, girl, boy, boy, mm-hmm. boy, girl. You know, yeah. and and it wasn't unusual that the last one, the slowest one, was was some little girl that yeah. that really was uncoordinated, or some little boy that was uncoordinated. Exactly. Yeah, this way it was yeah. if it was butterfly, that would have been me. I'd be staying way in so, the back. Yeah. So one of the things I I liked about and I would call out about swimming that and and, and, and the, the, to, to jump to the end of the game, but from my perspective, sure. and we can the, come back and fill in blanks later because yeah. there there's a whole bunch here. But, I, I can but, tell. But, yeah. but but the but the end the end observation I would make is that within public schools, the one central sport, if you're going to have a sport in a public school, it ought to be swimming, above all else, absolutely above all else. 
Yeah, I think we talked about this as far as return on investment of facilities, time, well, discipline, and, and, and social and social development. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. and 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 that's what really what I'm getting to here is is one of social development that that it it took that that uh, uh, if you will person to person competition. Mm-hmm. A few weeks, and it, it each year it, it started each year with the youngest kids. By the time they got to be ten or eleven or twelve, uh, it, it was it was a year-round accepted thing that mm-hmm. certain girls were just better swimmers than certain boys, and everybody accepted that. Mm-hmm. There there was there was no denigration about the fact that sure. that girl was was faster than anybody else, mm-hmm. and then. Puberty sets in and it right. all changes. Exactly. Right? Yep. And and so the the boys continue to develop and and the girls develop and they develop differently and exactly. their body shapes yeah. change and the way they swim changes, and and so we get into society as we we know it. Mm-hmm. But by that time, my observation was, and it's, it's a generalization, I realize, but by that time, the boys that were 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 swimmers were totally accepted accepting of the girls yeah. that were swimmers they were equals they'd already they'd already established that not only as teammates trust and respect for their capabilities for their dedication to the you know doing the same tank time all that stuff and going through the what was the term you called the just the cycle the 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 regimen, yes. because there's a full regimen to the whole thing. Yeah. There's a logic to it. The coach is coaching them all the same. You're, you're all going to do these things. Your, your bodies are going to change. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what they had to learn to start with right. in, the, in the first part. And then, you know, the... And so when it when, when they it got changes when they, the other way. Yeah, yeah. When, they got to the, when they got to the point that, that, that most of us uh, go through, we finally realize that girls and boys are different and and that's kind of neat, you know. That that <laughs> yeah. that that there was there was uh, in, in, again a generalization, but there mm-hmm. was a a general acceptance between and a, a, a general respect between the boys and the girls. Yeah, it's one of the, one of the things I like about swimming. So you you mm-hmm. end up you end up really preaching and demonstrating total equality, and it, that seems to carry forward. It carries forward in in life uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, to a greater extent than, than in other areas, right? Yep. Football, you have football players and you have cheerleaders. Mm-hmm. My, my daughters, probably, I don't know if it was to their benefit or their detriment, but but both of my two daughters, I really had the conversation when they were about first grade. Yeah. They were not going to be cheerleaders. Yeah. Yeah. Period. Mm-hmm. You know, we weren't going to have any of that mm-hmm. if they were going to be involved in sport, and they were going to be doing it. Yeah, yeah. And, and yeah. furthermore, it was it was I don't know. I I came up with the the mantra at that time that that you had to be good at a, a math, you had to be good at arithmetic, you had to play an instrument, mm-hmm. and you had to do a sport. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay? You know that was that. Them Sounds was the pretty classical. Yeah. yeah. And 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 what, and, yeah. and you weren't going to be a cheerleader. And I I I'm subsequently thought that well I, I may be a little overboard of that I don't know because of social development later on uh, but nonetheless yeah, yeah that, that, well that that that's a whole other culture yeah and, and and I think that's I'm not defending it I'm not propon, propon oh, as I say, uh, either my, way my attitudes have changed over the years or have mellowed a bit I it, it's say. become very gymnastic at certain levels and, and there's some of it that that's kind of mix of dance and you know so you, you've got it's got its own culture. Yeah. Yeah. No, it does. Yeah. And, yeah. And, well, certain, cer- certainly cheerleaders or, or dance teams, I guess a lot of them mm-hmm. call are, are are certainly a lot more, uh, I don't know if they're, well, yeah, they're more developed. They're, they're a little more athletic than, than, mm-hmm. than, than they were when, yeah. when I was in high school, let's put it that way, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so for good or ill, uh, yep. they, they, they were, they're, 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 the, the girls were, were, were accepted athletes mm-hmm. right and and the boys accepted exactly. them and that that carried on and i i've always thought that that was that was a great mm-hmm. uh social development a social uh, 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 and, and that's what that's what you want an educational system to do you you, you got to teach reading writing and arithmetic but you need to, to teach getting along 
having respect for you're building or, society you're, you're building a society and you or, do or, or you're maintaining a society or yeah. you're trying to maintain a society and, and i and i think i think swimming does that in in in, in, in Relative to any other sports, swimming does that better than, than any other sports activity. And I uh, would say activity. a factor to that is danger. I mean, as, as a you're going into a foreign environment. Y- your lungs weren't built to get oxygen out of water. You raised an interesting point. One of, one of the things that uh, I, I learned, and I, I hadn't thought about it, so I learned a lot of physiology mm-hmm. at, at doing this. Uh, so you're in a 50-meter swimming pool, you you take young kids and one of the one of the uh, exercises one of the drills that they would do is the kids would be at one end of the 15 meter pool they would drop under the water and they would swim underwater to the other end of the pool. Mm-hmm. Now, you think about swimming underwater 15 meters, right? As a as a, as a youngster, that's a that's a non trivial. Yeah, yeah. It, it's non trivial. Well, the, the, the coaches made the point that, that the kids were not allowed to hyperventilate before they did that. Yeah. Okay, you think about it, you take lots and lots of deep breaths. Coaches would not allow them to do that because there's an interesting physiological effect that goes on uh, when, you, when, you, when you become deprived, oxygen-deprived, and your body is stimulated to breathe, right? You yeah. you're, you 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 haven't breath, breath, breathed. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Taking a breath in a yep. while. Yep. And all of a sudden, you you've got to breathe. You've got to take a breath. That physiological response is actually trigger, triggered by the buildup of carbon dioxide. In that the makes blood. sense. Not yeah. by a lack of oxygen, but yeah. by a buildup of carbon dioxide. Mm-hmm. Turns out that if you hyperventilate then you end up expelling carbon dioxide, mm-hmm. right? You, you, you think that you're adding oxygen. What you're really doing yeah. is getting rid of carbon dioxide. Yep, yeah. When you're swimming underwater, you're, you're basically using up the oxygen, okay? You're, mm-hmm. you're, you're swimming in an anaerobic uh, state. So two energy systems of the body. There's an anaerobic system and there's an aerobic system. Uh, and and you trained for, for each of those. Well, when you're swimming underwater, if you have hyperventilated and you've expelled the carbon dioxide, then it takes a long time. It takes longer to rebuild the carbon dioxide level than it takes to deplete the oxygen. So you Mm. swimming underwater, you are not subject to that sensation that you got to take a breath, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. But your body will use up all of its oxygen. And when it uses up all of its oxygen, the brain shuts down. And so Mm. you will pass out. Interesting. And so you have this interesting characteristic that if you hyperventilate before you try to swim a long distance underwater, you will run out of oxygen before you are stimulated to the surface and take a breath. So your lights will go out. And you While don't see in, it coming. And you're underwater. And you're underwater, yes. <laughs> bad, 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 bad. Don't, that's a, don't do that, now, kids. That, that doesn't happen often. Right? Sure. I, I mean, that's, a, that's yeah. an extreme situation. Yeah. Somebody but, that did but, it really well. Yeah. But none, nonetheless, the coaches would, uh, would, would, would comment on that. So you, yep. you learn a lot about mm-hmm. physiology uh, in the course of it. I always found it interesting. There was a, uh, 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 and it was the course of, uh, during the period when I was paying attention to swimming, there was a, a swimmer named Dave Burkhart, uh, who was a backstroker. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> he came to the realization that in the backstroke, you, 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 you start the race by holding onto the wall. You're facing the wall. Yep. And when the buzzer sounds, you leap you backwards. Arch back. And yep. you arch backward and you go under the water. And you do you an underwater. For a little while. You, you uh, do an underwater porpoise or, or dolphin kick, mm-hmm. as it's called. Mm-hmm. And Burkhoff observed that. Well, I'm sure others had, but he observed that that was the most powerful, fastest part of the whole bus. Exactly. Backstroke. Right. Once you start windmilling, then it's your. You're actually slowing down. Right? Exactly. Yeah. He he observed that well he knew how to swim underwater for fifty meters yeah so if he did an arch back he went under the water he started doing dolphin kicking he could swim all the way to the other end of the pool without ever surfacing 
Now that kind of defeats the, <laughs> the point of no, this. There's no stroke. There's no the, stroke. There, it's just the back. It's just the back, yeah, <laughs> and, and the legs. But when he started doing this in competition because it wasn't against the rules. Exactly, yeah. And he was winning out the rear, man. Oh, he, yeah, he's, everything. He, he made the Olympic team. He made the Olympics. I, if I, want, I want to say that he actually won the Olympics. Um, That's I, interesting. I, other people yeah. may have caught on to it by then, yeah. but... And one of the things that he was he was characterized. First of all, the dolphin kick was the was the strongest part and the fastest part. Mm-hmm. But the the other point to it was that it used only that that dolphin kick force used only the body's anaerobic system mm. because you couldn't breathe. You were underwater. Yep. You couldn't yep. breathe. So you're using up the oxygen that was stored, and your your muscles were going through an aerobic uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, energy cycle. Okay, so you, you you didn't have an ongoing, continuous replenishing of the oxygen. You used up all the oxygen that was available, mm-hmm. and you end up uh, you end up actually you build up a lot of lactic acid yeah, in, yeah. in the course yeah. of doing that, right? Uh, but he he did it to such a fashion that he would use up the all of the anaerobic energy system. And then he still had the aerobic system to go. So once right. he started surfacing, so when he flipped. When he, well, when, he, when he came back to the surface, yeah, yeah. whenever, whenever that, that was, was, whether he made it to the end for yeah, the flip or not, then, yeah. then then he started breathing regularly and stroking regularly, and and so he then was into the aerobic part of the system. Yep. So if he really timed it well, and he, and he he learned how to time it very well, mm-hmm. when he finished the race, he had depleted both, both systems. Both yeah. systems. Yeah, he balanced he, it he, out. He literally had nothing left when he came into the wall. And he, he was very, very good at that. Very uh, cool. And and so so uh, it, it was. There was interesting lessons in in physiology in, in all of this. The whole right. idea yep. of, of a taper uh, was 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 interesting uh, uh, to me as I learned about that and how to do it. Uh, I learned about uh, uh, I learned about uh, overtraining. Mm-hmm. Interesting characteristic. If you overtrain, if you if you train. Such that uh, training is is degrading the body, mm-hmm. right? You're, mm-hmm. you're you're tearing it down, and the idea is that when you finally have torn it down, you go into a taper, and the body builds back with a vengeance, and you both add muscle, but you add you add uh, physiological capability, if you will. The well, let's let's explore that in a in a, in another uh, episode because that that whole process of you know we we were. You've got sprints, you've got well, the medleys, which bring, you're, you're basically, that's a team race. And then you've got the individual medley, which is your switching muscle group. There, we've only scratched the surface, I believe, in, in the whole swimming yeah. adventure. The, the thing, the thing yeah. I, I wanted to observe, though, was, was that because my, my, my daughter went through it uh, one, one season when she, she did overtrain, mm-hmm. when your body, when you do that, <clears throat> I subsequently found out that that, and I, and I observed it. I heard your your body goes into a state of clinical depression, hmm. and so you 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 come off. I mean, it literally is like a, a a mental malady, if you will. You are in a depressed state. Interesting. And and uh, doesn't sound like fun. It it, it was not. But the, the, yeah. the year that my daughter went through, one of the things you observe when you get in that state, the taper doesn't help. Yeah, you don't get better. You don't get faster. Mm-hmm. So here you've spent your whole season training like a banshee, right? And you don't do good at the end of the season, and that's that in and of itself is depressing. That's a double double depression. So it's a, yeah. it's it's a, yeah. you've you've got two things factoring into the depression, and 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 the only way that or at least the way that you seem to get out of it, the way that we got her out of it, is literally she had to take a month off. I was going to say rest. And just, just a, rest. Like a reset. A total reset. Just rest for a month. Do a, do a, Go in and, and, you know, paddle a little bit. Swim swim a few, few hundred yards just to keep mm-hmm. the muscles sure. working and the like. But for the most part, you don't train. You just rest. And then and then you start from the beginning. You're, mm-hmm. It's like you're, you're starting a new season and, and you go out. So, interesting physiological lesson. Cool. Well, and, we've, we've sprinted a couple episodes mm-hmm. here two weeks in a row. Cool. And uh, going to be taking a break for a couple of weeks, just calendars and whatnot. Having great fun, I'm sure. That, that way, 
we won't hit depression or anything. We'll be, anything we'll be all rested up. Well, maybe we can uh, wait, wait, well, maybe we continue this particular topic because there there are a number exactly. of more things. I I, yeah. I I I have a difficult time getting from here to there without going over there and over there and up there and down there at the same time. It's so a good time. And, and we'll, we'll do some more later. Fantastic. Thanks, Tim. Enjoyed it. See ya. Bye. And that's a wrap on episode 42 of the Mike Newman Show, at least the conversation part with Dr. Tim and I and yet another breakfast with Dr. Tim. Thanks for listening along. And I don't know about you, but I learned more about swimming and just the all the all the pieces that go into it. And uh, pretty interesting to me to, to learn about some of the psychology and just the, the training of it. Uh, pretty, pretty cool. So a lot of that we want to come back to at a later time. There's some, some deeper topics in there, I'm sure, to, uh, to tease out of that. But as you know, uh, this is a value for value podcast. What's that mean? Well, it means Tim and I sit down, spend a little time together, uh, put together this uh, recording do a few things to get it up to a server that you can find on your favorite modern podcasting app. And why is it important to use a modern podcasting app? Well, all the features that are available, uh, such as chapters, the, avil- the ability to send Satoshis back, some value back uh, to myself and Tim, and also just the uh, some of the content, right? So you... Uh, what I'm able to show in chapters and links and so forth within the podcast app using a modern podcast app. And you can find those at podcastapps.com with the podcasting 2.0 capabilities. You can see chapters changing in front of you. You can see links appearing and and so forth. And um, yeah, if, if that's a value to you, uh, just send us some Satoshis back through your wallet that's attached to your modern podcasting app and let us know with a boostergram, which is a short little note that may say, hey, check this link out. Or have you heard of this swimmer and his technique in the, in the breaststroke or the, the backstroke and so forth? So, um, or this might be an interesting topic to talk about. Um, yeah, so give that a go. Uh, we, we sure appreciate the feedback. Uh, and even if you're, if you're all like, you know, Mike, I just, I just heard this on a regular old podcast app. First of all, I don't know how you did that. But... Um, Send uh, send me an email at mike at mikenewman.show, and that's M-I-K-E-N-E-U-M-A-N-N dot show. And just let us know your thoughts. Just be good to hear from, from the audience, uh, from the folks listening through. And then one of the terms we use in the value for value world, go check out what value for value is at value, the number four, value, dot info. Cool little site put up by... Uh, Adam Curry and uh, Durjiji, um, some folks that are really pioneering in that. So anyway, going to do a little wrap-up. But before that, I, I really want to end the show with a song. Um, this is a song by an artist called, uh, her name's Abby Muir. And the song is Stockholm. Just love how it rocks. So um, going to roll on out with this song. And until next time, John 317. My dear, you could throw me in the cell And tell me the world was ending Go into detail Just how it ended for me I would still stay With no ropes around my hand Just tell me you love me And I'm chained to your command I love the way your mean and voice Your hate and your touch The way you spit my name is toxic But I'm used to it being
Podcasts are cool. 